Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you long to be free, really free, on the inside? I'm talking about a, a deep freedom, an interior freedom. Do you want to be free from fear, for example? Maybe you have a lot of fear about suffering. Fear about getting sick, fear of the future, fear of a decision you have to make, or fear of failure. Maybe you have a lot of fear about what other people think of you, how they perceive you. Do you long to be free from all those fears? Or maybe you're afraid of really trusting God. You know there is a God, you know he loves you, you know he cares for you, but you're afraid of surrendering to him and to his will for your life. You're afraid of giving up control. You're afraid of entrusting your life into the hands of the Father. Do you long to be free from those fears? Do you long to be free from indecisiveness? Maybe you're an indecisive person. It's hard for you to make a commitment, to plant the flag, to make a decision. Or maybe you're, you're an impulsive person. Maybe you're someone that makes a lot of quick decisions and you don't really think about it and you often regret it afterwards. Do you long to be free from that? Do you long to be free from lust or pride or selfishness or discouragement that really weighs on your heart? Maybe you have a lot of pressure in your life pressure from expectations other people place upon you. Uh, and in the end, you're accepting those standards that are coming from others who aren't God. Do you want to be free from that? Do you want to be free of anxiety? You know, this modern world we live in prides itself on freedom. We talk all about freedom. It's election week here in the United States. We talk about democracy and we protect our freedoms. We're going to promote freedom. You know, that, that's what we do in the Western world. We have a lot of talk about freedom, but we're not free. Not free on the inside. Oh, yes, we talk about promoting freedom, protecting freedom, defending freedom. We even talk about fighting for freedom but we're not free. This modern world is one of the least free societies in the modern Western world, at least. We're not free. We may have some outward freedoms, and some of those are even being taken away one by one, but, but even though we might have the outward freedoms, we are far from experiencing interior freedom. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about what is interior freedom uh, how do I achieve it? How can I grow in it? Uh, it's something that's been on my mind a lot lately. I've been reading uh, about this theme and the theme of the virtues and the Catholic tradition. And, and in the end, ultimately, it's virtue and invitation of Jesus Christ that we experience this true freedom in Christ's Holy Spirit. Uh, we're going to talk all about this. And I, I may do a couple shows on, on this theme here in the month of November. So welcome to the All Things Catholic podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sree. And before we jump into this topic of interior freedom, I want to say hello to the great state of New Jersey. Yes, to New Jersey, to all my friends in New Jersey. I was in New Jersey twice this last week, two times. Well, the first time was virtual. <laughs> I did one of those online Bible studies with a small group at Mother of God Parish, the men and women there in Hillsborough, New Jersey. Thanks for letting me jump in on your Bible study this last week. That was a great joy talking about the theme of discipleship. Uh, but then I actually flew 
to the state of New Jersey this last week and was blessed to to help lead a retreat for the Missionary of Charity Sisters. A wonderful time with the with the sisters. These are uh, the sisters that uh, are in the order of Saint Mother Teresa. Uh, so they are doing uh, such amazing work of evangelization and caring for the poorest of the poor. And they had me out to do a little retreat for them on the infancy narratives of Jesus in Matthew and Luke's gospel, the story of the birth of Jesus. And that's important as they're getting ready to uh, celebrate Advent is, is coming up here in just a few weeks, if you can believe it. So to prepare our hearts for that, we walked through those stories. But I have to tell you, uh, whenever I'm with the sisters, I know, uh, I and I really mean this, I get so much more out of being with them, being with these women who are so dedicated to Jesus with their love and uh, their example. And it's such, such a joy to get to pray with them and go to mass with them. And uh, really, I always come away uh, so edified. And I know that they're praying for me and my family. So it's always worth it. Beth always says, the missionary of Charity Sisters ever invite you, you go. <laughs> so uh, if I want to encourage you, if you have the missionaries of charity in your city, if you're in a, 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 a bigger city, uh, there's a good chance that they're there. Look them up and just go and volunteer. You can show up on a, a, a different day and you know, usually on the weekends and you can volunteer and help and serve just for a few hours or you can come and do, join them for mass maybe and just to pray with them. They're, they're really, really, I think God gives certain saints for particular eras and Mother Teresa is one of the saints given to us here in this modern world. So she's a saint for our times and her spirituality that her sisters live out really teach us something. They're very important for us to get in touch with these saints, like St. Saint Mother Teresa, St. Saint Faustina, St. John Paul II, St. Maximilian Kolbe. You know, these saints of the last 50, 100 years uh, are really important for us to get to know. God gives us the saints for a particular reason in, in a particular era for a particular people. And we're grateful for St. Mother Teresa and her sisters. So let's turn back to freedom. I want to talk about this idea of freedom. Uh, we actually talked about it on a retreat a little bit. And you think about Mother Teresa and these sisters, you know, if you, you think about their life, it's such a rigorous life. They have to get up so early in the morning. They have a strict schedule. They have so much that they have to do. They take these vows of chastity and radical poverty and obedience. If you look at them by modern standards, you would say they are not free. <laughs> you know, these women are slaves to some Catholic organization or some some uh, some rules, you know, that this organization imposes upon them. They are far from free. They take vows of obedience, chastity, poverty. Uh, that, that just flies in the face of the modern world's understanding of freedom. But there's a big difference between outward freedom and an interior freedom. You know, outward freedom depends on our external circumstances. It's something external. So it's all about what's happening on the outside of my life. You know, and many times we think that that's what will make me free. You know, so if the government doesn't mess in my life, my parents don't mess in my life, then I'm free. That's not necessarily the case. Now, don't get me wrong. It's good that we don't have totalitarian regimes and we shouldn't have overbearing, overcontrolling parents or uh, bosses or whatever. Surely, okay, th th that, that's fine. But, but think about how much we tend to place our hope, to place our happiness in external circumstances, things happening outside of us. So, for example, how other people perceive us. You know, how many people today are so worried about how they are perceived? 
how their boss looks at them, how their peers in the office look at them, how their fellow parishioners may look at them. Like, this can happen in great Catholic communities too. We're so worried. What do people think of me? You think of all the stuff on social media, how much time and attention we give to this artificial world. Do I get enough hearts? Do I get enough likes? Do I get enough comments? And all the time and attention I, I give to trying to post something or tell a story in a certain way, I got to do it just the right way so that people will like me. My, my happiness, my peace, is, is found, I, I'm placing it in something outside of me. Uh, and if people don't treat me well or they don't perceive me well, they don't like me enough, I don't feel appreciated, then I'm not happy. No real happiness is found not on the outside, but on what's happening on the inside. Think about this again, our external circumstances, how much we place you know, our, our hope, we place our, our happiness, our peace, and how's my job going? How's my career advancing? How much money am I making? These are external things. We place it on health. We place it on, did my schedule go well? Did I get everything done that I wanted to? These are external things. We, we, I mentioned the idea of expectations that other people place upon us. That could be family members. It could be certain dysfunctional friendships, dysfunctional communities, dysfunctional office places, dysfunctional bosses, expectations from the outside that, that we just feel like, I, I have to do this so that I'm loved, that I'm, uh, I'm received well, I'm accepted. And, and, I, and I, I tell myself, if, if only this situation could change if only my boss could change or my, my, my friends could look at this differently or if I had a better, uh, lived in a better community, uh, if, if all these external things could just change, then I could be happy. When we start saying those things, you know, good Catholics can say these things, right? You know, we could say, if I just felt closer to God in prayer, you know, I'd just be so much holier. Or if I had a great, vibrant Catholic community where I am, I hear about all these other Catholic communities, these men's groups, and these, women, these women's groups, and I don't have one. If I just had that, that's what would make my spiritual life take off. I'd be a better Christian. I'd be happier. Or I hear about all these great Catholic marriages, but my spouse is just got messed up in these ways, and my spouse doesn't appreciate me, and my spouse doesn't treat me well. If, if, if my spouse could just change then then, I, then my marriage would be better and I would be happier. If my kid could change, I would be a better parent. You know, we're, we're putting our happiness, we're putting our hope in all these external things. That's a sign we're not free. We are far from free. We want interior freedom. And interior freedom is not based on what's happening around me on the outside. No matter what is happening on the outside of my life, do I possess the character? Do I possess the right dispositions? Do I possess the right interior freedom to help me navigate whatever challenges are going to come my way? And there's always going to be challenges and disappointments and frustrations in life. But do I have the virtue? Do I have the Holy Spirit dwelling within me? Am I really relying on that Holy Spirit to live a virtuous life so that I can be interior, interiorly free no matter what's happening on the outside, I have freedom on the inside to give my best, to give the best of myself to my God, to my spouse, to my children, to my friends, to my work, to my community, to my parish. I can give the best of myself no matter what's happening on the outside. I'm going to give the best of myself on the inside. That takes virtue. 
virtue's the key to interior freedom we're going to see. But let me step back for a little bit here. And I just want to tell you about this idea of interior freedom. So, you know, we're all born with free will. So we have free will, but we're also born with original sin. So we enter this world with this wound. You know, our, our interior life is not properly ordered. We don't always see the truth clearly with our intellect. Our will is weak. Uh, even if I know something is good and I should do it, I, I have a weak will. I don't always do it. Uh, I, I may tell myself I'm not going to eat that extra burger today or I'm not going to snack and yet I, I, I eat the burger and I snack. I could tell myself I'm going to wake up at this time and I, I, I press the snooze button. Uh, I could tell myself I'm not going to get mad today if the kids get, you know, get out of hand and, and then I, I get out of hand when they get out of hand and, and lose my temper. I could tell myself all these things, but I'm wounded. I'm weak. I have a, a uh, my will is not strong, even if I know I should be doing something good. And it's not just a darkened intellect. It's not just a weakened will. My emotions, my passions, my desires are all disordered. They're going in 20,000 different directions. They were meant originally to lead me toward what is good. But oftentimes my emotions lead me away. They lead me astray from what is good. This is the wound of original sin. The church calls it concupiscence. And so while we have free will, that freedom needs to grow. St. John Paul II once said in his wonderful encyclical, uh, Veritatis Splendor, The Splendor of the Truth, Article 86, he talked about how we're born with the seed of freedom. So we're each born with the seed of freedom. But like any seed, it has to be carefully cultivated. It has to grow. So we have free will. But we're not always easy. It's not easy for us always to do the right thing. We're not interiorly free because of our 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 wounds, uh, the wounds of original sin, and then the sins, the extra wounds that either the the world places upon us from other people that have hurt us, or the wounds we inflict upon ourselves through repeated sins and a false way of looking at life. That's why I love this image from Saint John Paul II that freedom is a seed. So it's there, we have free will, but we want to carefully cultivate it. It has to grow. And I want to tell you about the three stages of freedom. Really quick here, the three stages of freedom. And this is really based on you know, a lot of the, the insights from St. Thomas Aquinas and Aristotle, but I'm really drawing in particular here on a, a modern moral theologian. He's one of my favorite by the name of uh, Survey Pinkers. He was a Dominican. He wrote a wonderful book, massive volume. This is kind of like his magnum opus uh, called The Sources of Christian Ethics. Uh, we'll, we'll put a note in the, uh, in the show notes here on this if you want to get the book and many other shorter works. Uh, he's just outstanding. But he talks about the, how there's basically three stages of freedom, three levels, if you will, or you know, uh, phases of personal growth as we're growing in interior freedom. He talks about how first, you know, and he compares it to kind of just like just like growth of a human being. You move from childhood to adolescence to adulthood to full maturity. Uh, and that, that's what happens in our physical life, uh, our personal lives, and that's also what's going to happen with our growth in freedom. So he says, you know, it was when we're just growing at the beginning stages, like a child, that's where we're learning just basic discipline. We're learning just, you know, the law, the basic rules, like the Ten Commandments. Don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, uh, don't lie, you know. So, so all the basic things. Uh, that we need. And you think about it, you know, I think about when I've been raising kids, you know, when you first have a little 
two-year-old and you're trying to train them, you can't train them in the four cardinal virtues and the three theological virtues. They don't even know how to talk well yet. <laughs> so so you, you, you can't appeal to their reason, uh, but you, you can begin basic discipline. You can begin to just train them not to do certain things. You know, so I remember Beth and I, one of our first battles we always fought with the kids was when they're learning to crawl, they're mobile, uh, and they would go over to, you know, crawl over to certain shelves that were out of play, and they would pull the books off the shelves, or they would move things around there, and we would just really train them, no, no, that's not, that that's not for you, <laughs> you know, other areas, you go play, and you can make a mess over here, but this over here, you don't go make a mess on, and we would train them, we would discipline them, and uh, and it was just really basic. Now, they're not learning the height of virtue here. <laughs> they're not learning the, 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 the pinnacle of holiness by just learning, don't go over here. It's just, it was just a simple boundary. But they're learning a certain, but even just the fact that they're learning a boundary, it doesn't even matter what the boundary is. They're learning something, and that's really good. So I think on a natural level, I, we've done that, you know, raising kids, and you do that is they, you know, they get four or five years old. Again, you're not giving them great lessons in theology of the body, you know, and high-level moral theology things. You know, no, no, you're just training them, hey, don't steal from your brother. <laughs> you know, don't take that food without asking. Uh, don't hit this person. Don't say these mean things. You know, you're, you're basically teaching them uh, the, the basic rules, basic laws. And in, in the Christian life, you can think of this as summed up in things like the Ten Commandments. And that's wonderful. It's really good to have that. But we as Christians, we can sometimes pride ourselves in thinking, hey, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm doing pretty well, you know, especially when I compare myself to the rest of the world. You know, our world's going crazy. It's relativistic and everyone's doing their own thing. And, you know, they're, they're changing the definition of love, the definition of marriage, the definition of what it means to be a man, what it needs to be, what it means to be a woman. And, you know, the world is, is you know, committing all these horrific sins like abortion to promoting euthanasia. And, and wow, I'm pro-life. You know, I... I I stand up for the definition of marriage, and uh, I'm not committing adultery of sleeping around with other women. You know, no. so we, we can pat ourselves on the back and go, "Man, I'm I'm doing really good. I'm following the rules." Well, we shouldn't be congratulating ourselves so much. I mean, maybe we can congratulate ourselves for reaching this first level of freedom. We've we we have we've we've graduated. Maybe we're 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 just about to graduate from from elementary school of freedom and virtue, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that, that's important, right? Uh, and I, and I, I would bet most of us, most of us here, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because, you know, you are on the right path of virtue and you're following the moral law in general. Maybe there's some couple areas you're still struggling with, but you at least you know it's wrong and you're really working on it, you know, but, but in, in general, you know, the Ten Commandments, we're, 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 we're aware of that. We're trying our best at that. Sure, there's areas to grow, but we're, we're starting to kind of get some mastery uh, on some of those basic things. We're not going around and killing people, stealing from them, committing adultery, etc. cetera. Um, so that's why Pinkers talks about the second stage, adolescence. You know, he compares this to adolescence. This is where we're starting to make progress now in freedom. We're starting to grow in virtue, 
and this is not just about doing right things. And I want to talk more about virtue uh, in, in an upcoming podcast here. We're going to look at virtue itself, but I want to emphasize this stage of really growing in interior freedom. You know, just obeying the rules, the laws isn't enough. It's not about just doing the right thing and avoiding harm and breaking the rules. No, no, no. We, we want to get to the roots of our sins, the roots of our weaknesses, the roots of the wounds that, that afflict us, that hinder us from really giving the best of ourselves. So at the beginning of the show, when I talked about fear of suffering, you know, or I talked about fear of what other people think of us, we may not be breaking the Ten Commandments when we have those fears, but those fears keep us from really giving the best of ourselves. If I have a fear of suffering, then it's going to be hard for me to do things that may cause me discomfort <laughs> to hurt, you know, and, and, and I want to serve someone else, but oh, I don't, oh it's going to cause me some pain. It's going to, I'm going to have to give up some extra time and give up some money or it, it, it may bring some, some discomfort to me. I, I don't know if I want to do that. And so my fear of suffering keeps me from giving the best of myself to other people. If I'm always afraid of what other people think of me, that that's going to prevent me from just being able to act and, and to do the right thing, to make good decisions, to lead other people, to lead my family. If I'm always worried in the office of what people think of me, or I'm always worried at my parish what other people think of me. If I'm worried with my kids what they think of me, if, I, if that's the primary thing, I, I'm always you know, putting you know, my finger in the air and getting, oh, where's the wind blowing? And how, how are people viewing me? I can never really lead others. So I'm, I'm not breaking a commandment when I have a fear and worry of what other people think of me, but I'm not able to give my best so that's why at this second stage of growing in freedom, it's really getting deep into the core of who we are. It's about really God healing our emotions, healing our dispositions, our desires, really getting at our deepest identity. And that's where we begin to really grow in freedom, real interior freedom. And that, that this is often going to take a lifetime. It may take, for many of us, into purgatory, but we don't really reach the maturity until, uh, you know, the, the third stage of freedom, until we reach what was celebrated this last week, All Saints Day. This is really where the saints are. If you think about the saints, they had such freedom that no matter what adversity came upon them, no matter what unexpected twists and turns in life, you just got a sense from them. They just had this inner calm, this peace, and then this courage, this decisiveness, they knew what to do and they could give themselves to it. It doesn't mean it was easy. It doesn't mean they, they didn't, there wasn't a certain pain and suffering and agony in it. But the, the saints were just so, just so self-possessed. I think of St. Thomas More. You know, they, he knows he's being called to, uh, in, into London and he knows he's going to go and he's going to be taken away. And he's going to be thrown into to prison and, and likely killed for his belief in the church. And he knows that the king, King Henry VIII, is going to pressure him to, to, to say, nope, I, I want to be the head of the church in England. And he, and he knows that that's what's happening. And he, he's going to have to say goodbye to his, to his wife, to his family. Uh, and he, he gets on that boat to, to head down the river going, going on to uh, onto to London, where, again, he knows it, it's all going to be the beginning of the end for him. But he goes very calmly, serenely, with determination, kind of like Jesus setting his face toward Jerusalem, uh, because he had this interior freedom. Doesn't mean it was easy. It doesn't mean he didn't shed any tears. But he knew what to do, and he gave himself to it. He gave the best of himself in those last moments to his children, to his closest friends. He gave the best of himself to his God. 
That's what we want, isn't it? We want interior freedom. No matter what happens in life, we want to give our best. And so St. Augustine tells us that real freedom comes not just from that first stage, you know, where we're avoiding breaking the rules, the Ten Commandments. He says, no, 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 that, that's not perfection. That's not the fullest form of freedom. That's just the beginning. He says, let us begin to lift up our heads toward true freedom. I love that. You know, so just because we're, we're following the laws, we're pro-life, you know, we stand up for the church's teachings on big issues in the culture, that's not enough. That's just the beginning point. You know, let's, let's lift up our heads. Let's, let's look up and see the higher things that Jesus is calling us to, the greater love, the deeper interior freedom, the deeper freedom that he wants us to experience. So I want to talk in the next episode a little more. So this is maybe think of this as like a, a preview. In, in next week's episode, I'm going to talk a little more practically about how we grow in interior freedom. I think you're getting a good sense of this deep freedom God wants for us. I think it, it's, I hope it's resonating with your heart. I know it is with me, even just te- talking about it. I know areas of my life I'm wanting to grow in greater interior freedom. So next week, we'll come back and we're going to look at some practical ways that we can do that. Uh, and it's going to center around the growth in virtue. How do we really grow in virtue? So stay tuned for next week. Thanks so much for listening. You can reach out to me as always on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Follow me there. If you haven't followed me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and you're around those platforms, uh, check it out. I often post things that are inspiring. It's also a great way to, uh, to, to be in touch. And you can always ask questions through those platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or you can reach me on my website, edwardsree.com. Thanks so much and God bless.